Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs postgame podcast presented by PointsBet. Use that promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to 2000 bucks. Luke Stuckmeyer, Cody Del Mendo, Ryan Herrera. This was supposed to be just an audio podcast. We had to throw this together when something this special happens on a regular <laughs> night in the middle of the summer. The Cubs had 13 hits and 14 runs. They stopped their losing streak and they beat the Pirates. 14 to 5. I think it's a good decision because we've had so many negative post-game shows. I wanted to give Cody the opportunity to just soak this in, enjoy it. And we, we have to let, you know, our producer Lawrence, he's doing this after a long day too. So we got to give him some props too. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate <laughs> you. See you later. <laughs> no, it's all good, man. I'm just watching the dog show, watching the Avs hopefully beat the uh, Lightning tonight. And uh, we. This is a this is a this is a cool uh, post game because Lawrence is never our he's never I don't think he's ever been like our, uh, our I did producer. a Cubs related post game once but you're right I don't think I've done one of your post games so, not for us not that I remember I got a lot of chats to get to so uh, as Cody down there says smash the like slam the like button for David Robertson's swing let's go people wasn't that a beauty like wasn't uh, that what, what an incredible <laughs> moment in time guys getting to watch David Robertson against Diego Castillo that might go in one of the top moments of the year for the Cubs even though it resulted in a strikeout yeah I'm just I'm, I'm just waiting for all the bust comments to come pouring in because he struck out on his first plate appearance <laughs> hey, Robertson's a bust no uh it was kind of funny actually you, you saw you saw him at the end uh, when he's walking back to the dugout saying like oh there was you know there's no way I wasn't swinging at that like right this is a good moment um especially in a blowout you know, it should have been a 13 run win, ended up being an 11, a nine run win. But besides the point, like it was a blowout. You know, the Cubs had offense working on all cylinders today, firing, firing on all cylinders today. Ends up in David Robertson's first plate appearance as a 37 year old. Like that was, it was, yeah. a, it was a positive for sure. Yeah. It's pretty the only The only negative from tonight's game is the fact that this game could have been done right at 9 p.m., but. That ninth inning was just in fact like incredibly way too long for what the score was. Like that yeah. was the only thing that was negative about tonight. That and Jonathan VR almost almost sending me like off on a gigantic rant. But I saw know. the chat already uh, on on YouTube saying, "Hey, we slammed uh, Jonathan VR, and we did on the uh, Twitter space before the game, Cody." And it was like. Yeah, he did have two hits, but he also booted a ball that put Keegan Thompson in a bad position early in the game, which is exactly why we said if you're going to shove him down our throat in the lineup every day, just make him DH. Like, I don't care. Like, just don't let him ruin the night for the pitcher. He's he's clearly got the yips in the field. He can't be that bad of a fielder. I don't believe he was most of his career, so I don't know what's going on. I, I actually feel bad for him, but. Yeah. It's been a it's been a long year for Jonathan VR despite two hits tonight. It just has not gone well. Yeah. What is it like minus eight defensive run runs saved or whatever it is? I think we said that stat the other day. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. A couple days ago. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong on that, Ryan. You're I'm stat I'm I'm an analytics guy, not a defensive stats guy, if that makes sense. Not a baseball sense. savant guy. <laughs> uh <laughs> but yeah, he booted the ball and then Thompson you know, works out of it. 
But man, that ball hit to the warning track after that booted ball. That could have been like a game changing homer. I I was I, I'm telling you, I would have came on here and, and had a nice long five minute rant about how Jonathan VR is bad at baseball, guys. I <laughs> I would have. But tonight, it's just nice to win one. Kevin Malone, Cody Delmendo, it's just nice to win one, guys. I mean, it really, like the offense, okay, so great. 14 runs. That was one of the stories. But for me, again, this season's about individual performances and the team building for the future. What you saw to Keegan Thompson is what you want to see this the rest of the season. That's <clears throat> that's what you're looking for. That's what you're really rooting for. More than you're rooting for beating the Pirates 14 to 5, you're rooting for Keegan Thompson going 6 innings, one run, seven strikeouts, ERA down to almost 3 again, and he's doing it on on the back of nine strikeouts against the Braves, so he's got in his last 12 innings He's got 16 strikeouts and one earned run. Um, and as Brendan Miller pointed out, sure enough, we did see the slider again. And so he is incorporating that new pitch. And, and that's something that clearly is um, effective for him. Like the, the more he can add to his repertoire, the more likely it is that he will be a starting pitcher in, in the future. And, and, and the more he pitches like this, you know, for five, six innings, the more likely he will be in the starting rotation too. He he was great. Like he had, you know, the second second batter gets a triple in this game, and you know I kind of put on the worry pants, and I'm like, uh oh, I don't know about this. This could be another doozy from Thompson, um, because you know prior to the last start he hadn't been good for two starts, and nope, turned it around, got out of the inning without a run, and I thought that was really impressive and kind of set the tone for him the rest of the night. Yeah, no, I mean. You guys know how I feel about Keegan Thompson. He is uh, he is a stud, man. He's been a stud all season. Uh, he's someone that has a lot of dog in him. You know that like Fangraphs, like or or maybe it's baseball savant. Ryan, you know like the the meme, the dog in him with like the hundred at the end or whatever. You know that meme, Ryan? Maybe I I would have to see it. I see it a lot (laughs) on Twitter. It's like it's like the I want to say it's from Baseball Savant, but I'm I'm not exactly sure. But it's just like all the 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 rankings for like all these different things related to like pitchers or even hitters, like like exit velocity and all this stuff. But and it's like a a ranking. uh, I think it's percentile rankings actually. And there's the meme uh, that says dog in him. And like that's what Keegan Thompson is and has been the last two starts. Has been all season outside of those two bad starts. But I don't know what his ERA is down at the moment. Uh, but I want to say it was three point one zero now. Yeah, three point one zero. Yeah, that sounded about right. Yeah, uh, yeah, dude. He's uh, if there's anything positive about this season or just the first half of the season, he has to like be like twenty five percent of the good of the good news. Like, Oh yeah. There's like, you, you can use him in the bullpen and, and, you know, he's, he's proven me wrong. You know how I said, you know, put him back in the bullpen after those two bad starts. Uh, I, or I wasn't even necessarily saying to put him back there, but I was saying, you know, he was forced into the position because the Cubs starters can't stay healthy. Well, now he's out here and he's shoving it down the Braves and the pirates throats. So, you know, in a way, he's basically telling me that, that that maybe I didn't believe in him enough. But yeah, no, last two outings have been great. If you can get you can get these type of outings from him the rest of the season, you can go into next year thinking this guy is a top one or two of your rotation. And that and and in my opinion, might set the Cubs up differently in terms of the future, like being part of or having a being more competitive in the future than what a lot of people think right now. Again, got to see it all through play out the rest of the season. But if he shoves and then the Cubs are like, ah, we're not going to be good next year, then it's like, like, what are we doing? Why, why, why are we even playing games for not trying to win? So again, there's a lot that goes into that, but you get what I'm saying. No. Yeah. Well, Keegan, I keep seeing everyone saying Keegan's dogging him and, Jack Ars is like the law dog handshake. Keegan's dog in him. I also shout out, <laughs> shout out Mongoose here uh, from Sydney, Australia. Wow. We got, we got a fan down mm-hmm. under. Um, 
No, Keegan, I mean, Keegan was obviously impressive. The second straight start, you know, six innings, quality start back to back. Um, he had 94 pitches today, if I'm not mistaken, which would be, you know, a new career high. He had 92 on um, Friday against the Braves. So he stretched out and he's able to, you know, he's doing this over a, a lot of pitches, a lot more pitches than he usually throws. I mean, we talked about it even when he was just the multi-inning weapon out of the bullpen that, you know, when he gets to become a starter, they got to make sure he has the kind of length that can be a rotation piece. And now he's getting that, um, you know, he's not a, a, a high whiff guy. And you can see that today, um, eight whiffs on 44 swings, 18% uh, whiff rate. Um, but he did have 20 called strikes. Um, and then, you know, that, that tells you that he's, he's getting that he's kind of fooling guys, but he's also keeping, you know, working around the zone, um, getting his pitches in the right spots. And obviously, you know, keeping these, Pirates hitters off balance. Uh, that's what you want to see. Seven strikeouts, only one walk. Um, that home run was the lone earned run he gave up. I don't. I, I didn't take a look at where exactly that pitch was. Um, but just in second straight start, um, second straight impressive start from Key and Thompson. Uh, I was a. By the way, the home run was a four seamer up in the zone. So uh, probably just a miss there. Um, but yeah, no, again, second straight impressive start from Keegan got length out of him, got six innings, got him close to a hundred pitches. Um, and, and, and now you're kind of seeing that all this stuff is including that new slider or that's, you know, what's being tracked as a slider coming in at six different pitches he threw tonight. Um, and you're just, you're just seeing a uh, Keegan kind of coming or five pitches tonight, right? Yeah. Five pitches he threw tonight, um, but you're kind of seeing Keegan, kind of come into his coming into his own the confidence is there um yeah just back you know consecutive impressive appearances uh as a starter um getting that length getting guys out limiting runs and obviously you want to see that continue but after those first or after those two you know the one in baltimore and the one in new york those starts just to bounce back and do it consecutively is is, is a very positive sign from keegan and I mean, you, you got to look and see where he goes from here, but those are two very good starts to kind of get himself back on track. Uh, I I, see the, did you see the tweet from Lance Brozdowski of Marquee? Um, he, you know, he's the Brendan Miller of Marquee. There's two of those guys out there. And he's he's got uh, driveline baseball's SUTFF plus model. 100 is average. Uh, so basically it's rating like uh, the types of pitches each guy throws. And uh, his fastball is 139, so above average. His cutter, 101, right at average almost. Curveball, 98, almost average. Slider, the new slider, 125. So that would give him, you know, potentially two of them that are above average pitches so far uh, at the major league level. And, you know, it's a great sign. We've talked about just yesterday, can Schwarmer, like, add another pitch? I don't know, maybe, but you see that. Keegan Thompson has done it. You've seen Steele do it this season. And not only is Thompson doing it, he's adding one, which is become currently is his second best pitch at the moment, you know, and he's starting to incorporate it even more. Now the fastball um, at, at Wolf designs saying in the chat, and you're totally right. Wolf. like he was elevating the fastball well with two strikes too. Like he was just too much for some of those hitters. Um, he looked good. I mean, I, 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 there's nothing negative to say, about Keegan Thompson. He had two bad outings as a starter. You know, he's basically, a, he's, he's a rookie. This is it. Like I know he pitched some last year, but really this is, this is his first real shot at the major leagues. And I mean, he's passed it with flying colors so far. You, you take a couple of those outings out and he's as good as anybody, even with the two bad outings, his ERA is at three. So yeah, you take good. those, you yeah. take those two bad outings out, he's probably well under three, honestly, because he had like oh, yeah. 1.99 ERA going into that start with, against the Orioles, I think. I'm not good at that kind of math either, but that's that math. seems pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, you can't take out those starts. Obviously, you can't no, take out those yeah. starts. But when you include those starts, and I think the biggest part of that is that he had those struggles and he had those challenges – and he, so far, he's bounced back very, very well from those two starts. I, I think, yeah, you, you'd love to just not have those two starts happen. But another step in the development is seeing him have, you know, again, go through those struggles, but, but be able to bounce back and have two really good outings in a row um, coming off of that. And obviously, you know, lowering the ERA, 
getting getting a bunch of strikeouts, limiting hits, limiting runs. It's just again, I, I'm going to keep saying it, but just impressive stuff all around from Keegan, especially when you take into consideration how the road trip went for him. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, I like. Go ahead. I, I was going to say, uh, I like Jack's comment. He says he dotted up Vogelbach one at bat. I think he yeah. caught him looking. It was a fastball, like painted on the outside bottom bottom edge or whatever. And uh, I won't lie, I made my hair stand up a little bit because it's not like we see that a lot, like from a lot of the Cubs pitchers. So he's just, uh, you know, the command was there. It's been there the last two starts, really been there all season. Uh, and yeah, I won't repeat what we've already been saying, but like that was probably my favorite moment from him tonight was that that one getting Vogelbach looking. Uh, and I rem- from my memory, I think Vogelbach thought it was a ball, and you know, you know, on the TV at least in the square, it, it was well in the zone. So uh, Vogelbach's known for someone to have a good eye. So I mean, I think that's just again just shows how good he's got it going so uh yeah man it tegan thompson is uh man it's just nice to talk about some positivity guys it really yeah. is. It feels nice it feels nice <laughs> jack says keegan was bob ross tonight he was painting so well out there yeah well, yeah i mean yeah. There's, there's a lot of it's nice to see that there's some positivity in the chat as well there's still some Outside of Michael, which is certainly expected based on the way the season has gone. But tonight there, there are some positives to at least, uh, at least talk about. You want to hit up, uh, what do you want to do now? You want to do who you got since that was such a big win for me, you know? Like, oh, man. You know, I forgot to, I didn't even, streak and then uh, oh, they, my they turned God. it around against the Braves he and like, man, finally wins. on a fly. That was really Luke. some kind of pick for me. I, don't I didn't even have Luke. a pick. Wait, 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 Luke. <laughs> Was didn't even win yesterday, and he conveniently forgot to even mention who you got on the post game show yesterday. There was too much bitterness. We didn't have time for who you got. <laughs> and then I don't remember finally, what he gets away. Even though we talked about ice cream for like five minutes, <laughs> <laughs> we can't even get ten minutes into this show, and Luke's already want to go on to who you got. Well, <laughs> I think Ryan, gotta... Ryan probably won last night, and in the Slack so. channel that we have at work, like he fires off his pick as Contreras. I'm like, oh man, I got to get somebody in there. I thought, man, I'm going to go with wisdom, and there you go. 14th homer, two for four, four RBI. Um, and I saw at the beginning of the chat, like when we first started the show, David was saying, where are all the wisdom haters now? Probably trying to trade them just like our front office. Uh, and, uh, you know, others have been giving his props. I, it would be interesting to see if he goes on a bit of a streak like Ryan Dempster was talking about during the game because he – you know, he's one of those guys, I'm not going to put him in the same category as a player as Javi or Soriano, but he is that type of streaky hitter where he goes in big waves with his home runs, it seems like. And so, um, you know, we keep saying, like, if he gets to the trade deadline with 20 and he's playing third base, what would the value be there? At the same time, then the flip side is, well, that there's value in a guy that has that much power and can play third base and – Frankly, you need players that can hit moving forward. Like you, you can't afford to be giving everybody away because you're not going to be able to sign everybody. So let's uh, let's see what happens. But it, it will be an interesting decision for the Cubs and obviously to be based on solely what kind of market there is for them. I think the biggest thing about Patrick Wisdom that still continues to like blow my mind is that no one just wants to accept the fact that he's actually a good major league baseball player. And that's not to say that he's like, uh, like a guy you want to build your team around or you just like, you know, someone that you want to play in the light lineup every day. But like, that's like a continuous like argument on Cubs Twitter that I noticed. And it's got to a point now where I just laugh about it. Cause it's like, just enjoy the fact that he's giving the Cubs any value at all that they can actually use to trade him. Or yeah. if they want to keep him fine, it's not like they're paying him anything. Like I, I am at the point where I don't really care. I mean, I'd rather them trade him than Ian Happer, Wilson Contreras, if we're going to make trades in my, in my opinion. But like, you know, I I'm just, I've got to the point with how bad the Cubs are playing that they're open to moving literally everyone except for Justin Steele, Keegan Thompson, uh, you know, a few of the bullpen guys and Christopher Morrell and Nico Horner. Yeah. 
yeah. you know what i mean like like outside of those guys i'm i'm like all right everyone's open for you know to be to be shopped and like I, that's not I, that's not me saying that i think that's gonna happen i'm just saying that it could and i don't again i just i think patrick wisdom has been very good and i would go as far to say it's been a bounce back season for him after how he ended last year because he was striking out a ton last year at the end when the league figured him out and this year yes he's still striking out well over 30 percent of the time but it has gone down over the last month which is good to see and he's making more contact and again he walks enough plays good defense at third most of the time like he's a very solid major league player that any team that needs depth on honestly anywhere on the diamond because the cubs will play him anywhere except for up the middle and catcher and pitcher like he's 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 shown that he's a very solid baseball player and could be very uh useful for a team that's competitive so yeah yeah a winning team could could start patrick wisdom at third base and still win the world series you know like like a there can be a lineup that wins the world series where patrick wisdom is a starting player that's that's not debatable like he's He's at the very least an average major league baseball player, but his power is certainly not average. Right. And, no. and his fielding but is that's kind of so that it, makes him it's, valuable. Right. And, and I I again I agree. It's just like it feels like some people just don't don't buy that he's even that. It's like disrespectful to a point where they just think he's just a guy that the Cubs are playing because they don't have anyone else to play a third. It's like are you, do you not, if you've never even brought up like baseball reference to even just look at the normal stats like that, like that's, that's, what's kind of mind blowing to me. Cause it's like, he is again, a very solid major league baseball player. It's honestly kind of surprising that it took this long for him to get to the majors. Because if you look at the stats before he's with the Cubs, he really had never been given a chance. He really had, he hadn't been ever given any kind of real opportunity to play every day. So, uh, whether he's with the Cubs after August 2nd or not, like I will be content. But again, if the Cubs want to maximize the opportunity to get significant value back for some of these guys that probably aren't going to be part of the next cut, who aren't probably going to be part of the next Cubs, great Cubs team, then I get it. Yeah. With, yeah. I mean, Patrick wisdom has been like you mentioned, Cody. he's been, especially over the last month since changing the bat, whatever, Strikeout rates down. I mean, it's, I think it's under <laughs> big knob. I think it's under thirty four percent when it was like over forty. So like in a month, he brought that down like seven percent. Um, so he, yeah, he's been he's been changed as far as like he's not striking out so much. I think the approach has been a little better. Obviously, he's still hitting home runs, which hey, I mean, dude, Patrick Mills might might make the not the All Star game, but the home run derby at this point. I mean, he's hitting a lot a lot of home runs. Uh, but yeah, I, I think we talked about it before that he is for teams looking, you know, team teams do want extra bats, bats off, whether it's bats off the bench, guys they can plug into the lineup here and there. I mean, Patrick Wisdom is a good, uh, productive hitter in the major leagues, and he has been over the last calendar year. I know the back half of, of 2021, like you said, league started figuring him out, struggled. He's been he's shown that he can be a productive hitter. Now he's not going to hit for high average, and he's still going to strike out a lot. That just kind of comes with the territory. But he's looked improved at the plate over the last month, and I think I think teams teams looking for bats could that can entice them um, as far as like when the trade deadline comes. A couple are looking to shop, and like that is something that Patrick Wisdom could be a could be a piece that a contending team might come looking for. Who 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 else do we know that has a not so great batting average, but has great power, like the most obvious one. Like who else? Rizzo. Yeah, I was gonna say Schwarber, but like Schwarber's another one. Yeah, Schwarber's another. He's a a better defender than Schwarber. For sure, definitely better. Yeah, I. He's just not like you know. Schwarber provides you a little punch. Um, I'd say more punch, but we'll see about that. I guess. Yeah. Well, um, someone, I think it was David, it was like one of the very first comments he put like, he didn't put all of like Wisdom and Schwarber's numbers there, but they're not very far off. I think Schwarber has 18 homers, Wisdom 14, RBI total is pretty close. I mean, if you look at those basic stats, it's like, well, at least it's not that far off. You know, their their batting averages for both of them have been down around the same this year as two. Uh, 
I don't, again, I don't have the numbers up, but like he's giving you similar value or maybe not the same value, but he's giving you similar numbers as Kyle Schorber. And not to say that the Cubs were better off having Patrick Wisdom over Kyle Schorber, but I will say it would have been nice if they had both of them whenever, and knowing that they talked to him in the offseason, yeah. it's kind of like, man, would have been nice to have that extra power because you, what was the one thing they didn't get in the offseason? A left-handed, left-handed power bat. bat. Yeah, right. And it would be nice to have both of them. Who knows what the team is? Who knows if they're even still good or not? But, like, I I think David made a great point there with, you know, comparing Schwarbers and, and Wisdom and, and just bluntly saying, you know, you know, this team just doesn't have a lot of power, and, and Wisdom is one of the few that do, that do have the consistent power. So uh, it's kind of when you think about it, it's like, man, who knows what this lineup would be like if you had Schwarber into that. Yeah, the left-handed bat would be nice. So, uh, real quickly to wrap up, who you got? Um, <laughs> Co- and by the way, Cody didn't pick anyone in a real power play. He flexed and decided he was so far ahead of everyone that he wasn't just, even going to he, pick tonight. Now yeah, he just gave up. Ryan, you took him first, which is a good pick. But let's just let's play the what if game, right? Wisdom two for four, four ribbies, fourteenth homer. Mm-hmm. Now, if somebody had been bold and picked Rivas two for four, five RBI in a grand slam. What if you had picked uh, I think Ortega, I think, three for five? Yeah, I was considering Ortega earlier, but like when, I, when I did that, and then Keegan would have been good. I, I mean, Rivas, uh, two for four, but that grand slam came off position player pitching. Like it was – if he didn't hit a grand slam there, it would have been disappointing. <laughs> would, I, would I still – my point is, would I still have won if somebody picked one if, – if Cody had not been flexing – and actually picked one of these guys, or what if he would have picked Robertson and he would have like hit a home run in that at no. bat? Like, would that have been enough to launch him over Wisdom? Was there any way I was losing it? Because once Wisdom hit the homer, mm-hmm. I pretty much just assumed I had won, and that's because I knew that Cody hadn't picked anyone. But if he had, I think Keegan would have been the only one. Keegan would have given you would have made it made it a conversation. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Ortega had a good day, and I, I want to talk about Ortega a little bit too. Ortega had a good day, um, and just Ooh, Ryan wants to talk about Cubs legend Rafael Ortega. But, well, we, we're talking about trade chips and teams coming, you know, looking yes. for bats. Yeah, at the time, like he's been. Uh, I have the stats right here. Since May twenty sixth, he's twenty two for sixty, which is good for a three sixty seven average, four forty one on base, five seventeen slugging. So adds up to a nine fifty eight OPS. Like he. And it's so quiet, like no one really thinks about it. But he has quietly over the last that's twenty one games has been a really really solid hitter. I think I know I remember talking to Ross a few weeks ago about Ortega kind of getting back into it. And he I think he was kind of saying that like one of the things is like Ortega just getting used to DHing, right? Which you know it's 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 only hitting you're taking away the out the defensive side, but it's also like. You know, it's it's still a new position. You still have to learn how to, uh, you know, just just hit. And then when you're in the dugout, instead of playing in the field and staying how to lock, how to stay locked in every half inning because you're not in the field anymore. So it is it is it is different. Um, and I think you know Ross said as soon as he kind of got used to it after a couple of weeks of DH, and you see where the numbers have really started to improve. Um, and just that stretch, his last three week stretch, twenty one games is just. He's he's been very very productive. So if if he can keep that this on for another month, which you know we saw him we saw yeah. him have a really good second half of twenty twenty one. So it's not it's not like it's, it's not impossible that he has another good month, another good stretch. Then you know teams see that teams want to bat, especially a lefty bat, um, a, a fourth outfielder if if that you know a lefty bat solid would be a solid bat off the bench. Um, could come looking for, and that's just another guy who. Cody, you like to say, you know, trade value up. That's that that that's a guy who's been performing. So if 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 teams yeah. come calling at at the deadline, like that's another guy that could, um, you know, could could be there. Could be a, a guy that teams want to look into. Well, in the postseason too, he he kills right-handed pitching, so he gives you a good pinch hitting option that you could leave in the game if you need to. We got so excited, I pretty much forgot about the ad reads. So, uh, Cody, how did you do on points bet uh, tonight, guys? You know, I. I listened to our friends over at CHGO White Sox. So, and and I rode on the boost we had on the points bet app today. 
And I think I bet another thing. I did bet Blue Jays money line though. So shout out to the Blue Jays for just completely <laughs> destroying the White Sox today. But you know, I I came home one and two today, and so I was like, all right, I just want to. I'm just going to take one bet in tonight's game, and it was Cubs money line first five innings. I wish I'd done the whole the entire game, but I did first five innings, and it was literally never a doubt. So uh, made it on my favorite app over on Points Bet. Uh, and if I can get this ad read to load up on my computer, that'd be great. Um, let me try and load it again here. Um, I got it. You want me to do you, it? Um, uh, Don't make me no, do, I it. Got I it. do it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Support CHGO, Cody. It cool. is the best way to support CHGO. And if you download the points bet app and use code CHGO when you sign up, you do it. that right now. You get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. You even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker, like the one I'm wearing right now, like all the ones got everyone was wearing at the, the tailgate today as well. Uh, that's So that's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at Points bet. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com and we'll help you out. You're home for live in play. Betting just got even better. See an edge in the game you're watching. Is your favorite team prime for a comeback? Well, it was nice to see that I didn't have to live bet the Cubs today. Uh, don't just watch the game, bet along with it live. And if you live bet the Pirates, well, you might need to call 1 800 Gambler. I'm just saying more <laughs> live betting, more live markets, and the faster live cash outs. Follow along with your bets the moment they hit and stay in the live action all game long. Download the PointsBet app right now and use promo code CHGO. So what are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your live betting game. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants to help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. All right. Hey, Cody. <laughs> This is this one's for you because I know okay. this is what you were missing last night and you were just all out of sorts and you got a bad night's sleep. It's Strava CBD coffee that's a game changer. It's helped thousands oh. of people improve their overall wellness and quality of life. It delivers delicious, fresh roasted specialty coffee infused with organic broad spectrum CBD. CBD from hemp that doesn't make you high or hungry, but it does offer real benefits that can help you feeling alert and focused without the jitters. Live your day more balanced with less anxiety, fewer aches and pains, plus CBD in your daily routine can help you enjoy, Cody, a more restful sleep so you wake up feeling your best. Strava, all about the quality, everything small batch and fresh shipped to your door. CHGO listeners can save 25% off their entire purchase using the code CHGO25. That's 25% off the entire order. StravaCraftCoffee.com. When you use the code CHGO25 at checkout, Discount coupon valid on non-subscription purchases only, one use per customer. And if you already love Strava, like Cody, then subscribe and save with the Coffee Club. Strava, you're in control. Save on your favorite coffees and have them automatically delivered to your home or office on your preferred schedule. You had a long day today, Cody. Look at that. Law Dog's yeah. got his Strava at home. Yeah, the Law Dog. He knows you know what it. he's doing. Law Dog just he, got he it He probably on got that. the CBD tinctures there, too. Hey. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> it's a more traditional uh, format. There you go. But you like it, right, Cody? That. You're big on yeah. Strava. Oh, I love Strava. It's great in the morning, and it, it, it gets you going. But uh, it has to be whatever is in all that stuff that helps me sleep later that night. It's a beautiful thing. As someone who is kind of a night owl and doesn't like to go to bed. <laughs> Joel yeah, Martinez says, like, had Strava the other day. Didn't bode well for the restroom. Come on, Joel. You didn't do it these right, are, These are proud sponsors, and we all know it had nothing to do with the restroom. It had way more to do with the had Taco Bell three times. <laughs> Most likely, it was the gordita. Oh. The gordita crunch. Yeah. yeah. That'll get you. Mm. That'll get you. You know who I was thinking of? Um, and, again, it has nothing to do with Strava is our our buddy producer steven who does a lot of the white Sox stuff he Ooh. did that nine innings Ooh. nine hot dogs and nine beers at the chgo party today <laughs> Oof. 
would not he want was, to be he in was, his house. He, he, was, he was taking it like a tank, though. Like he's he, a crazy person. Yeah, he was at like six and three before me and Cody left. Like yeah, was, this is like the yeah. beginning. And I honestly like I shouldn't have been surprised because we see that guy sitting or you know sitting in the office making his dinner that he brings, and it's always like times two like he brings yeah. enough food for like two people yeah. maybe three sometimes we remember the one time he had burgers the... and he had that he had two pounds of ground beef he ate after eating <laughs> yeah. two burgers yes 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 he eats more than, wild, than me in a sitting it, it's insane it's really he did awesome. it he he did finish that's just like <laughs> I was there. and what did it cost him it must have cost him like two hundred dollars nine beers nine dogs I don't know the answer to that, but I did say that I would help with the Venmo if necessary. I, I haven't been contacted about that, but he—it was funny. He—he he finished, and actually, it was like the eighth inning because that game got slow at the end. He was yeah. worried because we didn't get into the building until the second inning. He's like, "I missed an inning. Are you gonna count that against me?" I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> and and uh, he finished, and I'm like, "How are you feeling?" And there was like uh, Herb's. Uh, I don't know. It was, it was one of his friends was like, are you, are you going to throw up? And he's like, no, man, I'm fine. And I was like, Oh my God. We Even Casey's up. like, Casey was like, I'm concerned for Steven. Like, I don't know <laughs> if he's going to make it. I'm like, no, you're fine. He'll, well, it was like a blowout by like the third or fourth inning. It became, it became the Steven. Hey, show. we were like trying to Sox figure out what's going on. Sox tried to come back. It was, uh, like my for the for the for, for a large a, a large part of the game it was it was not close yeah it was ugly Stephen was the most up. interesting thing going on at guaranteed yes. rate yeah it was that. yes they we had the tailgate form on the scoreboard yeah the tailgate was also the tailgate, the tailgate was was excellent yeah yeah if you weren't there this time around yeah if you weren't there this time around you should uh, you should come hang out with us next time sure we'll have another one couple good photos on the old internet oh yeah. Joel, by the way, uh, does point out it wasn't Strava's fault. It was indeed a lettuce wrap from Subway. Oh, get you. Get you. It gets you. Got to watch out. <laughs> Ramsey's doesn't want me talking bad about Taco Bell because the one that used to be on Addison by Wrigley saved him countless times. The saved legendary what, one. Though? Legendary well, Taco Bell. Rest in peace. Iconic. 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 It can save you in the moment, but that doesn't mean it saves you like the next day. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I love that Taco Bell and all, but come on. Yeah, it was a dump. Now yeah. it's a Katina. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, hey, by the way, weirdest story of the day was not the nine hot dogs in nine innings with nine beers. It's Clint Frazier now saying he wants to change his name to Jackson Frazier. Huh? Yeah. And apparently, Cubs players were already calling him Jackson. It's his middle name. And he said a lot of his family members call him Jackson his middle name instead of Clint. So I don't know why he was going for Clint Frazier that long. If his family calls him Jackson Frazier, but apparently he's now Jackson Frazier. He probably had a coach and that he, called him that at some point. And that sounds just, like a much more baseball name. In my opinion, I maybe think he'll hit better. Maybe he's primed to reach that first round pick uh, potential. Now uh, hey, I love I the, put, I love the I move. I quickly want to point out, I'm sorry to hijack this, but uh, shy in the chat down there. Uh-huh. Uh, the CH, CHGO crew through a great tailgate. Uh, I got to meet shy. He's awesome. That yeah, was really, it same. was cool to meet some of the like fans of, of the CHGO brand and all that. And yeah, it was fun. I, I really enjoyed that. Nice. Um, and now, cool that yeah. shy is on yeah. late at night, like all this time later, still supporting us and I hanging know. out with us. Right. Yeah, shy and I were, were, uh, enjoying a delicious, uh, a sketchbook, uh, no parking uh, Citra Pale Ale that was brought to the tailgate by another uh, fan, uh, Jay, who works. Uh, he's like a brewer. I mean, I love this guy. I was like, he brought <laughs> some beers that he had brewed, and I was, and so awesome. yeah, Shine. I yeah. shared one of those, and we didn't have nine beers like Steve. No, we we had a, we had some beers, so it was great. Yeah, I bet. There you go. All right, back to Jackson right. Fraser. I'll get out. Yeah, here. Jackson. <laughs> Jackson Fraser did hit a two-run single today, so that you know. Yeah. That's good. And there Joe, was a he did what? I was just gonna say Joe also adds that changing your name works because Giancarlo Stanton did it. Remember, they used to call him Mike. Yeah. Uh so I'm convinced Clint Frazier very much back. First That's round a good point. That is coming. that is a good point. Um, <laughs> I saw somebody on Twitter and I wish I could I should have 
uh, written down the Twitter handle, but they had the best joke that I've seen on Twitter in a long time. They said he should have changed his name to Jason Hayward so he could have cracked the Cubs starting lineup. Oh, that's a great. My that's, goodness. That's, that's <laughs> I mean, great. I got it. You know, uh, that's tip of the cap. That's pretty good. Tip of good, the cap. Pretty good line. Yep, yeah. Pretty good line. But also facts. Like, yeah. <laughs> like come on. That's so true. But I, I won't sit here. I won't sit here and yell about Jason Hayward tonight. He got no, no, no. He, he played well tonight. Whatever. Do it again for like a week and maybe I'll change my mind. Or at least I'll start tweeting about his trade value increasing. Right. Hey, yeah. uh, you know, we talked oh, about hey, it on there the, it is. Uh, Twitter space. Oh, yeah, there's a shot if you're uh, watching on YouTube of the tailgate. Yeah. Like 50 people went time. to the game, right? Like people jumped in on the tickets and. Oh, yeah, we had a, we had a great time. Rubber Grill was out there. Cook some, cook some, oh yeah, some the good, brats were so good. The food was yep. great today. Shout out to Weber. Great. Yeah. Um. So earlier today, you know, Cody, we talked about it on the uh, Twitter space before the game because we didn't have a pregame show. Um. Right. That Jed Hoyer was on with Cap and Jay Hood this morning on AM One Thousand. We were wondering last night, like, is anybody going to ask him about um, Jason Hayward? He did respond with, like, it's got to do with injuries. I don't know if I buy that. Um, but one of his quotes that I thought was interesting, and it's something we've pretty much been saying for months. I don't know that it's too earth shattering, but it is interesting that he's admitted. He said, we're too, we were too stubborn with that core group, uh, I guess, is the way he would put it. He said, we did, we saw what they did at 22 and 23 years old and believed they were going to get back to that point with the same group. We really did want to honor what they did for this city and wanted to do it with, you know, with this team, the same group. There's, we didn't do it with them. No other way to say it. I think we probably at the moment after 2018, we probably should have reset things and changed the mix there. So it's something he feels like he's learned from that process that they went through. And, you know, that's, we've all been saying like they stuck with the core, that part of it. I understand why they stuck with the core. Cause you wanted to give Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, Schwarber, all those guys, one more shot at it. And then he had, you know, weird, 2020 season in there too but like they probably should have made at least a minor adjustment and frankly they should have added somebody to the mix it wasn't like they didn't add they didn't add enough bats like they right. could have switched up but they also could have added to the puzzle well, more than they did and so this kind of goes back to what i've always said like you know addison russell they held on to him way too long like you, you want to talk about Brian Baez and Rizzo, but like yeah, you're right. they held on to Addison Russell way too long. The fact that they went into 2019 with Addison Russell as their starting shortstop after all the off the field stuff and the fact that he was not good in 2018 either and wasn't very good in 2017. So like two and a half or two years of just not really being good except that defense, but even he even struggled there. Never forget the the base running thing that where he just completely uh, for you know, forgot a sign yeah. or something like that. I, I remember that being blown up a ton in Chicago media when that happened. Like they held on to Aston Russell way too long, man. That's that that's the biggest thing to me. The fact that they held on to him, and then it's not that they didn't move Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, or Schwarber or whatever, but like you said, Luke, supplementing the roster. You know, you had you, you had a Ben Zobrist. You needed you needed more like maybe one or two more Ben Zobers type players. In sixteen, they had Dexter Fowler. He was an on base machine. He hit he could hit for contact. He could hit for power. Ben Zobers had an all star season in twenty sixteen as well. And then you got contributions out of like Chris Coglin and, and a few of these others. Contreras comes up. Like they just really didn't go out and find like just really solid professional hitters. Like. The they didn't the add Bryce Harper. Let's say, yeah, yeah. They, they didn't. Add, yeah, they didn't add Bryce Harper. That's for sure. A, that, and and um, the thing to me, it's not even like you didn't. They didn't even have to add Bryce Harper. It was more of just like again supplementing the roster with just solid yeah. major leaguers. They, they, they added yeah. Daniel Descalso after they said that the the offense was broke. I mean, what are we doing? Like that that doesn't make any sense. You didn't like Sogard? Ugh. Oh man. <laughs> We even miss, it, like I know Corey and Brendan don't mention his name for a reason. We need to get to that point too, man. Wasn't it Brian Smith that had like a tweet the other day about like all the position players they've added since like seventeen or something like that? Had, yes. Like, very like, negative like war. Yeah, it was like a minus two point three F war. Yes. Um, but that that <laughs> comment by Jed 
kind of reminded me a few weeks back when we were talking to him on the south side and kind of asked him like you know what lessons he kind of learned from the last rebuild and like lessons he learned to you know not repeat um one of the things that kind of stuck out to me he said uh you know i think that we held on to a group of players until the until the very end replenishing along the way is something that other teams have done candidly better than we did it to be willing to make some trades earlier to replenish young players are the lifeblood of a championship team and we got to a place where we didn't have that we traded a lot of our prospects we hadn't developed as effectively and we kept that group until the very end really in part because we felt a real sense of belief in that group this is a group that wanted to win a world series we wanted to do do it with that group again I don't regret that at all, but I do think that we didn't make any of those moves several years earlier in order to kind of continue that cycle. So it kind of just goes back to that. When, like Luke, you've been saying it that all, all year that those trades should not have all come at the, at the deadline last year. Right, some and you would have got more form even earlier. Yeah, some of them oh, should yeah. have come earlier. And I think Jed, in that you know, a couple of weeks ago when he talked to us on the south side, and then now in uh, you know, talking to Cap and uh, Cap and Hood that. He acknowledges that holding on for that long clearly did not work out in their favor because, you know, you mean, you get, they got that run of like hitting on those first round draft picks. Like they, they got them. They all came up and were good. And then you, they didn't do anything really after that. Whether that's, you know, again, like he said, replenishing the, the, the farm system prospects and bringing them up. Like you saw, I mean, Ian Hab was like the last like top tier prospect that came up, I guess Bodie too, but it was it, it just it never felt like it did in like 14 15 16 when all these guys started to come up it's like once they all came up at the same time then it kind of tapered off after that and that's why you had everyone set to reach free agency at the same time last year because they all came up at the same time like they didn't not I'm not saying they needed to stagger it because they were trying to win but it's just like they didn't they they didn't it didn't it didn't even out in a way that they could have really cycled like had a good cycle instead of having free agency for everyone at the same time it i think i mean again jed jed acknowledges that it will know for sure whether it's whether he really does kind of figure it out this time around and, and doesn't allow that cycle to happen again but um yeah i mean I, I, long story short i guess is just that him talking in that quote from, from uh they talked to cap about just kind of reminded me of that it's like he understands that that was a mistake, but now it's kind of up to him to not repeat that same process. Right. And, and you're right. It would that, you know, that's one piece of why it's fallen apart the way it has. Obviously, you know, it's not developing pitchers. It's taking, you know, turning down Verlander to do the Quintana deal. Like the, there's, there's multiple things in there that happened. And as fly, the dub says in the chat, it's all hindsight, you know, that's just the way it is. And now you've got to accept the facts the way they are. And, you know, hopefully they don't, they don't make those same mistakes twice. And hopefully the rebuild goes as quickly as it did last time, or in this case, hopefully quicker than it did last time um, with some of those guys. And, and you, again, you got to hit on a lot of prospects, but you also have, you know, a dump truck full of money that you can also go spend some and fix some of those holes too. So, We'll see how it goes. Uh, Cody, I do want to get your uh, points bet pick of the week. Do you have something for us that you're a big play you're looking at or something you're thinking about for a pick of the week? Mm, I was thinking about betting the Cubs tomorrow, but that uh, – Yeah, what about yeah. Steel maybe? Yeah, a little Justin Steele action. I kind of like that. Maybe that's a good transition into tomorrow. I don't know. Yeah. Also, been- I you, we kind of transitioned kind of fast into this because, like, I, I had a lot more thoughts about what we were talking. But oh, we go uh, back to that. Let's go back okay, to what, okay. what do you got? Okay. Well, yeah, there's no again, rules here, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> again, uh, I do. I, I, I think the Cubs can split tomorrow, so I, I'm probably going to bet the Cubs tomorrow. Um, but as far as, like, what we were talking about, um, you know, again, I, I like – like uh, fly the dub set. It's all hindsight. My thing is, is like a lot of fans are going to take whatever Jed said today and they're going to just use it to fuel more of their disdain for him because of how bad this team has been this year. And they're going to use it to disdain or put down Theo Epstein if they weren't a fan of him even more. And again, I think you it, it's it's just i'm just reiterating that it's just too early even even in a season like this it's too early to say that jed is has done an awful job it is too early it is way too early and and, I'm, and people 
are pissed off about this team and I'm pissed off about this team. And I, and I think that uh, this team should be better and that a lot of things like that. But again, given the situation he was in when Theo left, he did pretty good as far as getting returns back. We, we just haven't seen them all play out. Now, if they, all these guys come up eventually and they all suck, then, then yeah, we can say that Jed was a complete in order fa- failure. Like I, but like again, I just think it's way too early, and I I think that at the end of the day, we're no matter what he said about whatever today. I don't, you know, if you want to know if this is a rebuild or not, I don't think we're gonna know until after the deadline. I don't like he wasn't gonna just straight up tell us if it was a rebuild or or not. Yeah, he just not, and, and and you know, everything that you mentioned too, Luke. Like it's. To me, it's just more – it's just saying what you got to say and to just answer these questions. I will say that I thought Cap did a good job of, you know, asking the hard questions and stuff. He asked about Hayward, why is he playing so much and all this. Like, I I think that, you know, at the end of the day, we're really going to know where this Cubs team is headed after August 2nd. And I pray that it's not – the worst that I'm thinking. I I don't I do not want to do this podcast for another two three years and where we're just sitting here, like like begging for something you know like for some guy to have a good night so we can all be like oh well there's something positive you know what I mean like so we don't have to it, talk about ice cream yes like <laughs> yeah well I still all like of us to in the chat regardless <laughs> I like a little ice all, cream all of us in the chat us three like we would we would prefer to watch a winning baseball team and uh again I think that despite how bad it's been I think there are ways or there is there is a path to that earlier even still right now but yes it's going to take a lot more development throughout the year and we need to find out is is you know what what's the health status of brendan davis and what's yeah. uh you know how will caleb killian pitch when he comes back like and you know all these other these things where where will nico horner's numbers be at the end of the year like is like i know he's great defensively but yeah he's kind of he's kind of been in a slump the last couple of weeks what what can he get out of it can he you know be a three four war player by the end of the year I, I don't know. There's just a lot of like questions that we just are still don't know. And that's why to me, we still have to wait and find out. Now we find out these questions and then we see how the off season goes. If there's still sig- some significant pieces on this team, th- then I, I do think that we at least have a, a, a competitive team next year. But again, I just, we just don't know. And I don't blame people for thinking it's going to be a three or four year rebuild because they think that the Cubs are going to trade everyone. I don't blame you for thinking that. Right. I, 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 but I think all three of us can sit here and agree that the Cubs should make some trades, but they don't. They don't have to trade everyone. Like, yeah, I think they we've don't. Been saying that for a while. I think you know, we'll I, also have more of an idea of where exactly the direction of this rebuild is going when we got. I don't even know if the trade deadline is. I think we. I think the offseason will tell us a little more about what it is because if Jed goes out and signs a couple of guys, a couple of big name free agents, okay, you're like. Okay, he's willing to, you know, they're willing to spend the money. They're willing to, you know, get some big, again, big name free agents in here, uh, try to help the Cubs win. Then, you, then you kind of maybe think a little. Okay, maybe it's not going to be as long as as a lot of as it seems right now, right? With how bad the Cubs have been and just, you know, the, obviously that last, a ten game losing streak, like really did a number on like the expectations and the hopes. Um, yeah. but if, I think the off season more than the trade deadline might tell you a little bit more about hey like how long is this rebuild really going to be because if if he makes a, a, a good moves competitive moves and not just throwing out one-year deals on guys to flip at the trade deadline if he if he makes competitive deals multi-year deals on guys who can contribute to a winner then you maybe start thinking it, it might be a little shorter if he kind of has the same sort of offseason that you had this this last time then you kind of have to push things back another year at least, right? So yeah. I think the offseason, what what Jed does, what the front office does, will probably tell you more about what to expect as far as how long, you know, the timeline goes. Yeah, and I think yeah. Cody and Ryan, you guys both just kind of answered Joe on the chat. His question was, I keep hearing 
we're going to know more after the deadline, but what moves the deadline would signal it's not a long rebuild. Well, it's exactly what you've been saying. Like, does he keep Contreras? Does he keep Hap? Does he keep other pieces that still could be on the team next year that would be, frankly, does he keep wisdom? You know, like how many of those guys are actually shipped off? We know that Robertson and some of these other guys are definitely being traded. And Contreras is probably in that group. But then it's also about the return for these players. Are the prospects that they get back, whoever they do trade, 18? Or are they guys that are ready to hit the major leagues right now? And then that's not going to be the full answer. It's just kind of give you a little hint at what direction the plan is. you know. And, and Fly the Dub said it was never a one-year rebuild. I, I agree that that's true. But like Cody was saying, is it a four or five year plan? Like that, that would be a problem if you have five more years or four more years of this before you have a competitive team. So it's kind of like a two phase thing. You'll, you'll get a hint of what's going on after the trade deadline by who they trade and also by who they get back. And then you'll get, as Ryan said, the biggest piece of the puzzle will come free agency this off season. When you see, are they actually going to add real pieces on deals that aren't just one year, let's see if we can get prospects for him at the end of the season. So, I mean, to me, it's it's a it's a two phase thing. The first the first move or the first chess piece now will be the trade deadline coming up August second. That that's when we'll find out more. Yeah, uh, fly the dub said Cub. You know, Cub spent the fifth most in free agency this past offseason. They did spend money. It's just that you know a lot of it was one year deals. A lot of it was. They, I mean, they had a lot of holes in the roster. They had, they kind of had to spend because they had to fill up, you know, plug in some holes. Whether that was, again, it's got getting guys like David Robertson, Michael Gibbons, Chris Martin, you know, relievers that I think we all expect to be to be dealt at the trade deadline. Whether that's get, bringing in Drew Smiley and Wade Miley on one-year deals, uh, kind of bring veteran presence to the rotation, and also who we, whom we expect if they're healthy to be traded at the trade deadline. So I, I, I get the. They did spend a lot of money, but it wasn't like it, it wasn't one of those like best case scenario. Every, everything works out and the team can make a playoff push. That was best case scenario. But these moves weren't like sitting. Those, these moves weren't to at least from the outside looking in. It, it didn't feel like these moves were ever going to move the needle in terms of like, oh, these guys, you know, this Cubs are definitely going to be in the playoffs now because they brought in Drew Smiley and Wade Miley and all these other guys. Mm-hmm. Um, now Suzuki. Once he comes back, if he can, you know, that that's obviously the the, the five year, basically a hundred million dollars on it. Stroman too is a multi year deal. Like those are moves that could be moves for a competitive future. Whereas these one year deals and guys you kind of expect to be flipped. Those are those yeah. are money they spent for sure, but those are also like they that's it's uh, gonna be tough for them to, to to make this team a playoff team. Right, so you. I keep forgetting about Saya, which makes me so upset because he was so great. Yeah, in April. weird, right? But like, that's another guy that goes back to my point. Like, when he does come back, how's he gonna? Like, we gotta watch him play out the rest of the year, and then we can really, really finally, you know, evaluate like how his first year in the major was, majors was, and then we can like project. Okay, what's he gonna do in his second year in the majors, and can we rely on him to be a middle of the middle? of the lineup type producer. You know what I mean? If he does come back and like does get hot and plays well in the second half of the year, again, it's one of those things that like, well, maybe you're a little bit more optimistic if the Cubs one spend two, don't trade every single guy on this roster. And you can just then supplement with some guys coming from the farm next year and in free agency. So again, I understand that none of it looks good right now. I mean, they've lost what they've they've lost uh, 13 of 16 actually got a win tonight. Uh, So, like, (laughs) I I just think that, you know, as far as player talent and if you have a healthy roster and you actually spend some money and some of the prospects that that are supposed to come up pan out and Brennan Davis plays next year like this, there's 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 reason for optimism. I'm not saying World Series. But there's reason for optimism, and it all starts with how, in my opinion, how the trade deadline goes. Because, you know, we've sat here and said it. You know, Contreras, Robertson, Givens, Martin. Those the the last three I just said makes complete sense. I think 
Contreras has become like a polarizing player in whether in, in Cubs fandom and whether you want to extend him or trade him. And there's reasons to trade him. There's reasons to extend him. Ian Happ is kind of becoming something like that too. And he's got one more year of control. They could trade him and get like maximum value for him now, or they could just, you know, extend him or keep him one more year at least. But if you, if you extend Ian Happ, I mean, it's not like he's going to cost you a ton of money. So I, I, again, that's one of those things where I, I don't know. I feel like the trade deadline will tell us. And then once that, again, all that happens, then, then we can assess. Like if, in my opinion though, if Contreras and Happ are both gone on top of those relievers and probably wisdom too, then I think that tells us it's like a, you know, we ain't going to be competing for a division title until 2025. And again, I've said it before, the Cubs should not be doing that. So I, I mean, I think everybody agrees with that. And, you know, another thing will be the next three months of development for the guys that are on there too, whether it's, you know, Thompson that we saw tonight do a great job, a, another great outing for him back to back or Steele, who's pitching on Thursday, you know, his last three outings, seven innings, one run against the Cardinals, seven innings, one run against the Padres and five innings, two earned runs against the Braves. So he's, He's shown you something. So maybe you have two pieces of the rotation moving forward that you don't have to spend there. You can spend the money on somebody else. So what what would you like to see from Steele as uh, he gets ready to go for four straight good hmm. starts? Uh, well, for me, I mean, he's pitched well against uh, Pittsburgh before in his career, in his short career. So I'm hoping, you know, he just keeps it rolling, man. It's, you know, to go from the Braves lineup to this Pirates one, even though the Pirates have blown, blown the Cubs out two of the last three nights, uh, it's significantly different in terms of talent and, and you know, success. So, uh, you know, I, I, I like him. Uh, I like him as a matchup uh, for the Cubs, at least going up against the Pirates tomorrow. Um, I, again, I think I think the big thing with him is is been command. He'll be very, really good for three, four innings, and then he'll run into an inning where he walks some guys and uh, he kind of lo- just kind of loses that focus. I think he just got to continue to work on that and 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 get better at it. And that's all part of the process of being a young pitcher in the league, right? Talked about it a lot yeah. about Caleb Caleb Killian. I mean, Justin Steele's still going through it. We've seen bad starts from Justin Steele where he's walked guys and and looked kind of wild. Uh, you know, ever since he had that conversation with uh, John Lester, he's just been darting fastballs more often than not, and just like putting them all in the right spot. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not saying these. He, I'm not saying I'm expecting seven innings of of shoving tomorrow, but uh, I, me personally, after what we've seen over the last month, I'm expecting a quality start tomorrow at least. Yeah, yeah that's, that's my, what hey, we want to see. We, Go ahead, like, Ryan. That, that, that's what you want to see is a quality start and just because you know stacking up quality starts. He doesn't have to go seven, eight innings. He can get he gets you six, gets you you know limit the earned runs, like gives you a quality start. That's that's what you want. You want to see that stack up because obviously you want to see the length. He's had a lot of five or less inning starts so far this season. He had the two sevens, um, you know, prior to this past one against the Braves, but. You want to see him start showing that he can go multiple innings. Cody, you mentioned that, you know, he always have that one inning that's, you know, a little bit of traffic, the pitch count climbs. You want to see him obviously not have that, but just be able to keep showcasing that he he has the ability to get through multiple innings, like, you know, six innings, get you in line, you know, get himself in line for a quality start, get the Cubs in line for a win. That's what you want to see out of Justin Steele as he continues to develop. His last few outings have been, have been you know, impressive and, and a, good positive signs from him but again he's in that like we talked about keegan thompson is you wanted to see him you know consecutively you know stacking these on top of each other and just kind of showing that he's you know the the roller coaster is there he's still a young pitcher but you don't want the roller coaster to be having highs and lows like that you want it to be he's gonna the ebbs and flows of a season just that happens for anyone but especially a young pitcher but if you can limit you know the, the the downswings and have consistently good impressive outings they don't have to all turn into wins, but just have good outings. Like that's the development that you want to see out of Steele. And so, again, I agree. You just want to see a, a good start from him. If he can get you a quality star, like that's ideal. Um, but just something that tells you, like, hey, like he, this guy's still, you know, he's figuring it out. He's he's stacking these these good starts on top of each other. He's he's figuring some things out. I I agree totally. And you know, Cody, 
you weren't sure exactly. You're still not, you haven't locked down your points bet pick of the week. That's my points bet pick of the week. I'm Steele's going to shove. I'll take the Cubs over the Pirates and Quintana. Come on. I know he's got a 3-6-6 Quintana, but the guy's, he's not even a Buick anymore like Cap used to say. Like, come on. Is he, is he a Buick? Buicks are pretty nice. Jose Quintana's having a good year, and he's, you know, given given the year that the Cubs are having, he's due for a Jose Quintana revenge game. Like, that's like Cubs are getting split. They're going to get us. They're going to get us. That's my pick of the week. I'm trying to think optimistically because the Cubs won 14 to 5 tonight. I do not want to see the Jose Quintana revenge game tomorrow, guys. Not tomorrow. (laughs) Not after tonight's win, please. I, like it's already bad enough that they haven't roughed him up in the first two games that they've faced him. He's due to give up some runs to the Cubs. And the Cubs have actually hit pretty well against lefties this year. So I don't understand what it is that they can't do off Jose Quintana. So, uh, yeah. Club magic, man. Sacks My non pick of the week, hey, really Cody, is. don't do the no runs first inning. I'd stay away from that tomorrow. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I would stay I, away from I, I've that. been staying away from it. I've been staying away from it. I haven't placed the bet in a while. At least on the Cubs. <laughs> um, okay, so tomorrow we'll do a post game show right back here. Yep. Right after, uh, right after the game, a full hour, right? Yep. yep. And then Ryan, you're going to St. Louis after that. Uh, you're going to be in St. Louis for the series with the Cardinals. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. I'll be down at Bush Stadium first time. Never been there as, as long as I lived in Missouri. Never went down there, so it'll be it'll be cool to see that. Check out uh, Stuckmeyer Farms on your way down there if you're driving. It's uh, sure. just outside of St. Louis. Apparently, I've got relatives that I don't know that live in the St. Louis area. There you go. Uh, but everybody's got somebody they're embarrassed about. Uh, you know, <laughs> thanks for checking out the CHGA. Well, one CHGO. more thing. Yeah. One more thing. Me and Luke yeah. will be on the C- the all CHGO podcast tomorrow as well. So you get oh, yeah. a double dose of me and Stucky. Congratulations. And and that's at 1130 tomorrow. So you can have that on the background chatting with us as the game is going on. Because Cody's going to be like, his face is going to be like this. One eye on the game, one eye on the podcast. (laughs) Now I'm producing that show. I want you guys fully locked in, okay? I got a question. Where where was my invite? I got two-thirds of the the Cubs show on there. And then not the whole, not all three. That's I don't know what we're talking that's about. Deal. That's not mine. I have no idea what we're even talking about, to be honest with you. Well, we should, you know, if tomorrow. we have to bring some ideas to the show, Cody, my first suggestion is let's talk ice cream. Yes, well, ice cream and, like, uh, you know, squirrels. <laughs> Here's what you should be talking about. Yeah. We've got a we've got a new a new oh. Westminster champion best in show. That don't say who bloodhound. it is. That's a spoiler alert. Trumpet, the bloodhound. His name is Trumpet. Oh, I mean, man. that's a good boy. What a beautiful dog. What a beautiful one of the goodest boys. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he really is. It's one of the goodest boys. And, and then I just wanted to, I want to show you one other thing. Let's see if I could share this thing real quick. Uh, we got to stop that one. I want to mm. share, this was from much earlier, but it's nice to know that even on a, you know, on, on, on your night, uh, our guys from Cubs Related were also watching. And uh, Brendan Miller noted this. But, uh, <laughs> Luke, Luke has it's the readers on tonight. Serious. It's getting serious. That's right. <laughs> Thanks, Brendan Miller. Uh, there's just nothing like. I got. I got two like names. This moment. <laughs> I got two things I want to say to Brendan Miller. Eric Sogard. <laughs> Thanks for checking out the CHGO Cubs Post Game Show podcast presented by PointsBet. Cubs win fourteen to five. We will see you back here tomorrow without Eric Sogard.